Welcome to The One, the podcast for dating from your most vibrant and authentic self. My name is Gina Catherine, and I am a confidence coach for love and sex. We know that we need to love ourselves, but nobody explains to us how to actually do this. This podcast has advice and practices on how to do just that. My mission is to help women deeply connect to their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we know, accept, and love ourselves, we draw in amazing partners and incredible experiences. I offer these words from the perspective of a usually straight, cisgendered, divorced, middle-aged white woman. It is my heartfelt hope, though, that there are nuggets for anyone to use in their sex, love, and relationships. In this podcast, I will invite you to let go of the piece of you that hopes for love but is skeptical and ask you to believe and take action in dating from a place of deep self-worth. The one exists and they are you. With that, let's dive deep into this week's episode of The One. One of the most difficult patterns for some of us to overcome is this trait of being super independent. When I was 20, a very close male friend of mine threw up his arms in exasperation and said angrily, oh, for Christ's sake, Gina, you can't even let a person carry a bag for you. At the time, I sort of side-glanced him and thought, what's his problem? I had always been really proud of my independence. I thought of it as a good thing. But as I woke up to myself, I saw that I was not just independent, I was hyper-independent. Healthy independence looks like a balance between feeling really confident that you can do things and allowing this beautiful give and take that happens in great relationships. Hyper-independence creates a lot of distance between you and everyone. It fosters a controlling vibe. Over time, people who are really hyper-independent, they feel like no one gets them, no one cares about their needs or wants, and it creates a lot of resentment. Hyper-independence sounds like, I got this, no worries, I don't need anyone, it's just so much easier if I do it myself. How do you know if you're hyper-independent? How does it feel in your body to say, I'm so sad, I need help, I have no idea what to do here. I'm new to this. I feel lost. Do you consider yourself a leader, a teacher, a healer, a mother, basically this support system for others? Do you operate like there can only be one strong, organized person in any situation, and it's always you? Do you act as if you have everything under control because you don't want to ask for help out of fear of being perceived as weak? Hyper-independence is doing it all and making sure it looks effortless. It means you don't need help or input or a shoulder to cry on. It looks like never offloading your frustrations or fears onto anyone. Hyper-independence also looks like not wanting to be witnessed in any kind of learning curve. It means you hide when you're the student rather than being proud of your learning. Hyper-independence is a trauma response. Somewhere along the way, you were told that people are not trustworthy, or you learned that you're just simply more lovable when you look after yourself. You learn that the only person you can depend on is you. Somewhere in our minds and bodies, we tell ourselves that accepting help equals weakness, and weakness equals being a burden on others. And if you're a burden on others, people leave. And if people leave, you're going to be alone and you will die. Does your throat close up when you think of asking for help? 
Here's a huge obstacle in recovering from being hyper-independent, and that's that our culture actually labels hyper-independence as a compliment. I can't even count the number of times I've heard someone say in admiration and awe about a woman or anyone, she's a rock, wonder woman, a badass, she's so strong for others, so giving, stoic, fiercely independent, so hot. It's not healthy to be too needy, and I'm putting this in air quotes because I think that it is healthy to need, but not in a childish, unregulated sort of way. Both ends of these are equally not great for romantic relationships, but independence is thought of as far more attractiveness than neediness. Like if both neediness and hyper-independence are five clicks away from a balance of give and take, neediness is perceived as the negative five. The way our culture views strength is that strength is sexy as hell. In our Western culture, strength equals attractive. And if you're attractive, you will find connection with others, and then connection feels like love. But not ever allowing someone to do things for you for fear of being a burden is a barrier to this connection and love that you're trying to get. You cannot be known if you can't receive. Being a badass island of a human is very likely costing you the big love that you want. You might have a lot of potential suitors, but the kind of partners that we attract as badass hyper-independence are usually people who want that challenge or barrier. They themselves are avoiding raw feelings. Or they're the wounded bird. And a wounded bird might meet some of your temporary needs, but not in sex and love, not in a strong partner. Yuck. Those are immature relationships. Sometimes they're fine as a snack if you're in a place where you want to simply be desired or hero-worshipped temporarily, like immediately after a divorce, where you may have been taken for granted or never seen or heard. But for true conscious connection, you will need to lower the shield and sword of your hyper-independence. So how can you begin to unwind a lifetime of being self-sufficient? Start really small. Ask for help in a store from a stranger. Ask a friend to take you to the airport. Yeah, you could Uber, but ask somebody. Ask someone to teach you to play billiards. When you do ask, and this is really important, focus on softening your body when receiving help. Much like a wild mare gets stroked or cooed when learning to hold a rider, you'll need to tell yourself and your body that receiving is the new operating system and start with it feeling neutral. The more you can relax points of tension when you're learning to receive, the more it will move from neutral to pleasurable, and then the more likely that this new pattern will be to stick. You can imagine asking and receiving first while in the shower and maybe feeling warm water and soap sluice over your skin. When you feel calm, use your imagination to put yourself in a place of receiving. What would it look like to receive? What would change in your life if you were a person who easily received? What scares you about receiving? What can you offer that fear? Very often your fierce independence is armor protecting a child who learned to fend for themselves. I invite you to take that little one in your arms and whisper that it's okay to ask for anything she wants today. Give her a playful day with a free pass to ask for anything and everything. She can ask and get it and she can ask and be disappointed. 
Let her know that she will be fine to have what she wants and she'll be fine if she doesn't get it. I think some of us have had that protective armor for so long that the thought of one single no, one disappointment feels like it might be the end of the world. Like if we fall asleep at the badass wheel, we'll have this fall from grace that's not recoverable. Let that tension loosen. Learning to shrug off disappointment is really key in your journey to asking. Think and feel. Is there a piece of you who knows already right now that it's healthy and desirable to both give and receive? Is there an area that you do already receive freely, like with a personal trainer or a lover? And can you use those situations as evidence that leaning on others is pleasurable? Find a balance that feels good to you in asking. I love how Amanda Palmer, who wrote this book, The Art of Asking, puts it. Palmer writes, Asking for help with shame says you have power over me. Asking for help with condescension says I have the power over you. But asking with gratitude says we have the power to help each other. So always try to pair asking with gratitude. Great friendships, collaborations, and relationships involve both give and take. You know the feeling when you let your partner sleep in after they've had an intense week at work? Maybe you take the kids out and leave fresh orange juice and a pastry and a note that says, you deserve a day to decompress. We love you. And the feeling that blooms in your chest when you imagine your partner waking up to peace and this loving gesture. Why on earth would you withhold that feeling from people you love? Let people love you, not because you're weak or a basket case or need it, because it feels wonderful to them to love you. If you're a partner of someone who's so independent that they seem formidable and invincible, please do your best to encourage them to ask. Yes, you can encourage them by flooding them with love and acknowledgement on the rare occasions that they do ask for help, but also by showing your vulnerability as well. I had a partner who said to me that they just didn't want to decompress their work problems and their stuff from their day because they didn't want to be a burden to me. What I heard was that we have a rule that we keep stuff bottled up and we don't lean on each other. I mean, I didn't hear these actual words, but that was the message that my immature relationship brain got. Just like kids watch their parents, so too partners watch each other. Just be careful what messages of we don't burden each other you may unwittingly be sending. Consider creating time each week to do an asking exercise or simply ask your partner, what can I take off your plate today? Let it be a little thing to start with and celebrate these asks. Show gratitude for your partner when they ask. Try to couple that gratitude with acknowledging their strength in asking. Connecting to the part of your story that tells you that asking for love or help or money or someone's time is bad is really important. You do want to know why you do it so that you can love this piece of you that learned hyper-independence long ago. But just know that there's nothing wrong or broken in you if you're not allowing. Hyper-independence is only a habit, my love. If you want to break it, you absolutely can. The story is the start, but learning practices on how to unwind that story and build a great love is where the work is. And learning to make that work pleasurable is how the transformation happens. When you begin to loosen the grip of hyper-independence, you get softer, but softer like water. 
Hard things break, water flows, and we get closer to people that we love when we can smush up against them like water. Relaxing into asking feels more powerful. Receiving and gratitude keep resentment at bay and love can grow. Your true authentic self has so many layers and needing love and rest and support are some of these layers. Breathe life into all of your many complexities. That's where your true strength is. If this seems way too hard to even begin to unpack, book a call with me. You will need to overcome your resistance to asking for help though. Click that link in the show notes. Ask me. I got you. Heartfelt thank you for listening. I am honored every time you choose the one. Loving yourself does not require perfection. Big, juicy love requires us to get curious, to offer ourselves what we are searching for in others, and know that from this place of love and power, we magnetize amazing connections. Please do all the actions to keep the one podcast rolling. Share with others who may need to hear this episode. Like, download, sleep with me under your pillow. Click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And then listen every Monday and Thursday to get ever closer to the love that you so deeply deserve. You can also follow me on Instagram where I have tons of fun content to inspire you to be the one. You are loved by me. <laughs>